0: I find this media release that's come out this afternoon with this offer to say, look, we're going to back pay the players. We're going to give them almost everything they want. It's a little bit offensive because the player's biggest uh, bargaining chip is not turning up to work. And Netball Australia is saying, you release that bargaining chip and you go back to work and we're going to give you almost everything we want and the stuff that's really sticky will work it out later. Mm. The players are standing strong and saying, actually, no, we want to talk about this revenue share model, this partnership model. And the players are really serious about being custodians of the game. They're not going to send the game broke. They're asking for a partnership model. And that's where the sticking point is. My only concern now is that the relationship is so poisoned between the two mm. parties that we may not end up with any sort of meaningful agreement in the near future. That's Liz Ellis on the project last night. The most recent attempt at a peace deal and the pay dispute has been knocked back by the players. A letter from the governing body yesterday. The Chief Executive of Netball Australia is Kelly Ryan. Kelly, welcome to the studio. Thanks very much for having me. Were you disappointed the players knocked that offer back last night?
1: Well, actually, we haven't received any advice that they have. So, um, as we sit here right now, we have no official advice that they have actually rejected that offer. So... We will wait and hopefully get some official confirmation if that is in fact the case.
0: Did you seek to weaken the players' position by offering the partial top-line agreements and try to work the sticky stuff out later?
1: No, absolutely not. Um, Obviously, we're in a really uh, difficult situation with the fact that our players are not getting paid at the moment. Um, We have made significant progress in these discussions across the course of the last 10 months. So really what we wanted to do is actually signal um, the, the, the progress that had been made, the items that had been agreed on prior to now, put them away and and lock them in so then the players can start, you know, making money, getting getting back to training and all those things that we know they're so desperate to do um, and continue to negotiate those remaining points. And there's not many points left. I mean, obviously they're still really big points to, to resolve, but they don't actually come into effect in the immediate term anyway. So being able to provide the immediate solution, which we thought was a really good um, signal of, of how much we are committed to our players, how much we're committed to continuing the conversations. Um, we wanted it to be a, a really significant olive branch, but it's absolutely their decision if they choose to to take it or not.
0: So there's the granular detail and that's where the dispute is, but I am interested in the overall. So in your letter, you wrote about uncertainty and instability. How How harmful, almost to the point of how destructive is this dispute for the individuals involved, but maybe more particularly the reputation, and the perception of netball right now?
1: Yeah, obviously, it's not a situation any of us want to be in. And that's why we started the conversations in January this year. So we weren't in this position. Um, But again, we have had made, we have made great progress. So we don't want to lose sight of the things that we actually do have alignment on. Um, and that's really positive for the players, and and it's a really great step forward for us as as a league as well. So we don't uh, we we don't want to be here. We certainly don't want it playing out in in the public sphere either. We do genuinely believe these things are better resolved behind closed doors, um, and that is that always continues to to be our commitment um, to the process. Uh, but we can't shy away from the fact of of where we are in the conversations and the timing, and the fact that our players um, haven't earned an income now for eight weeks does not sit well with any of us at all and that's why we're just trying to find this interim solution that gives them what we know that they're they're really chasing um, at the moment and continue that commitment which has not stopped in terms of continuing the discussions around the remaining issues.
0: Do you think it's damaging the sport in the public's eyes?
1: Uh, We're not unique. Um, Is it ideal? Absolutely not. Will there be a a potential ripple effect? Potentially but um, every sport goes through a Pay, pay negotiation and we've seen a number of them this year and, and none of them really go well you know there's a lot of emotion there's a lot of different ideas and, and certainly competing agendas um, so every sport goes through it we are not unique but we we, we want to get through it as quick as we possibly can because there is so much more to look forward to for this sport and that's where we want to spend our energy.
0: Was it a mistake to send the Diamonds players legal letters regarding their attendance at the Australian Netball Awards on the weekend?
1: Well, the letter was sent to the Players Association um, and the reason it was sent to the Players Association is because they had made us aware yeah, in the middle of last week that had an agreement not been reached, the players would not be attending the awards. Um, we had a meeting on Saturday morning where we continued the, the negotiations and again made some some really great progress um, but the reality was we had no confirmation if the players were coming to those awards or not. Um, that is a significant event for us on our calendar. It is where we recognise our sponsors, our broadcasters, um, and more importantly, all of those that have come before us. So putting, um, you know, inducting people into the Hall of Fame and, and, and providing legend status, um, it's, an, it's an important event for us, hence why it actually is Um, A contractured, prioritised event, as we call it in the Diamonds uh, contract. Um, And in the absence of having any confirmation if they were attending or not, that's all we're trying to seek the certainty on. Would we have players in the room to honour um, our, our history um, and that's why we issued the letter. It was not intended to be a threat in any way, shape or form, but it was really to seek clarity from the players' association on their attendance.
0: Do you recognise that it caused a front with, with your showpiece players?
1: Oh absolutely. And you know, and I appreciate that and you know we gotta take that on board ourselves. You know, we're we're not we don't execute everything perfectly, we're 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 working through it. You know, again, it's it's really emotional, really emotional times and you know, it's taking um, you know, a toll on everybody and we're just trying to find all the ways and means in which we can continue to work forward. Um, and we'll absolutely uh, recognise the feedback and, and, and what it did do for that moment.
0: Is there a risk of lasting bitterness as a result? So as you say, every sport does go through this to various degrees of rancour. What you need to emerge is without the residual bitterness and the, the poison relationships. Do, are you at risk of that, do you think, at the moment?
1: I, I don't believe so. I think, you know, there is a genuine appreciation um, in terms of, you know, for, we have a huge amount of respect for for our players. They are incredible athletes. They're incredible role models. Um, and what they do contribute to the game is, is, is first class. So we have the same ideas and we have the same beliefs in our sport, is that it can be better uh, and it can grow more. So as long as we continue to have that aligned purpose, which we do, I think what was going to be uh, beneficial for the next stages is just continuing to have – clearer communication um, and being able to have more honest conversations with each other as as we get ourselves out of here. But I don't for a minute think that this has a long lasting impact on our ability to work really closely with our players.
0: The financial challenges for the sport were pretty graphically laid out um, beyond COVID and and those struggles I I take it remain. Do the players fully appreciate the financial struggles of the sport do you think?
1: Yeah, that, that I don't know. You know, we, again, have tried to be really open and transparent around the financial position of the sport because, um, you know, it's not in anyone's best interest to, to, to conceal any of that and, and hopefully gives us an opportunity to actually work harder and closer together to be able to get ourselves um, out of the position that we're in. So, you know, we're trying to make really robust financial decisions to, you know, really mitigate and minimise the, the, the cost increases in our business. But importantly, having to recognise that we've also got to continue to reinvest in it. Um, and if we completely close up, that's the worst thing for the sport because that will also send us backwards. So at the moment, we're still in a, a, a financial tightrope. We're trying to make sure we make the right investments in the right areas. Um, that includes our players. Um, but minimising the, you know, the the impact of us longer term. We, we want to get from where we are today to out of this uh, financial situation as quick as we possibly can. Um, and as we've said all the way along, COVID had a really big impact on us and that's a lasting impact that um, is, is, is still with us.
0: What is the risk of losing players either to the sport, given the competition for first choice female athletes, or to other jurisdictions, which we have already seen by the the prolonged nature of uncertainty that the players are facing?
1: Yeah, I think, again, as women's sport continues to rise, there's always going to be a, 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 comp- a competitive nature now for for talent. Um, and that's great. You know, we've always advocated the fact that the more opportunities there are for women and girls to choose a sport means, hopefully, that there is actually more women and girls choosing to pick a sport and stay in a sport. We have an incredible product you know Nepal has not existed for 97 years because it is not a good product um, our participation rates of over a million would still signal the fact that it is a solid product uh, and people are choosing it for all the reasons um, uh, that we we know and love uh, about netball, so um, we embrace the competitive tension. Absolutely, athletes both ways will continue to transition across all of the sports. There is, you know, a great opportunity for, for for athletes to 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 choose more than one sport, so they're not having to pick one or the other at the moment. While these sports are still somewhat semi professional, so great opportunity just to continue to appeal to to a much wider range and. You know, again, we believe that we've got a great product. You can play for your country um, in netball. And we think that's incredibly compelling. And our average salary is, you know, $86,500, which is the second highest paid domestic athletes in the country right now. So that is surely also incredibly compelling.
0: At what point or have we already reached the point where uh, the inaction and the inability to train to be with teams compromises the next super netball season?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it may have an impact, um, hard, to, hard to say, but we know the players are still training uh, and still doing a, a, a huge range of activities. Um, it just not, might not be in the actual club environment, um, but pre-season's a long pre-season, um, so we've still got plenty of time to, to get ahead of the curve and get them reasonably conditioned before we before we hit the, the season next year. Our season uh, doesn't start till April next year, so we still have a fair amount of time to be able to,
0: to build up towards that. Is there a $17 million federal government grant essentially in limbo, money that has been committed to netball that you are unable to access at the moment. The
1: seventeen million is a is a remaining amount from um, a thirty million dollar commitment from the Morrison government back in twenty nineteen. So um, we didn't um, choose to to spend it all right up front. Wanted to be really methodical in terms of the investments that we made. Um, and there's seventeen million remaining. So we've had a business case uh, back in with government throughout the course of this year for them to assess that. Obviously, we're, we're we're dealing with a completely different financial landscape than when the original investment was made. And we'll continue to work with the federal government and the sports commission around how and if that that funding gets allocated. So that's still an ongoing conversation.
0: How urgently could you use that money?
1: Well, that money was really centred around uh, community and and grassroots. So it was designed to be an investment in uh, to to the sport as opposed to, you know, solving for the financial issues of the sport. That's certainly not what the intent of of the the funding was was ever for. So um, again, we'll continue to work closely with the government and, and, and work through ways and means in which we can continue to access that funding.
0: What's the next step? Kelly, to try to break this deadlock in the coming days or weeks?
1: Yeah, well, we invited the Players' Association to um, a meeting again. Um, We sent that invitation yesterday. They've agreed to meet with us tomorrow. So um, we'll we'll, uh, honour that meeting and and, and get back into a room and and keep the conversation alive. Um, And then, you know, following that, hopefully it's a really positive outcome and and we can get on uh, on with it, get some some ink on the page and and get the contracts in players' hands. And from that moment, it's going to be a really compelling and exciting time for the sport, because we do have a lot of player movement. Um, we haven't seen this much player movement um, in Super Nipples uh, history. So it's going to be an exciting time as soon as we can open those floodgates. Um, it's certainly going to be, be one to watch.
0: Is it critical to get it done before Christmas?
1: I think so. You know, again, we we would love to have had it done already. So Christmas is a great deadline um, and, you know, we want it done sooner than that. In our eyes, we want the players completely settled back, back training um, well before Christmas. Um, And I think that's in everyone's best interest.
0: Kelly, thanks for coming in today. Good luck.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Kelly Ryan is the Chief Executive of Netball Australia.